0: Strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight I'm going to tell you the story of an Irish immigrant woman. Ooh. So I'm not going to tell you exactly who this woman is because I think you'll get there pretty quickly. Okay. So this is the story of an Irish immigrant woman named Mary. She was born in 1869 in Cookstown, County Tyrone in Northern Ireland. This was an incredibly poor area. She came to America in 1883.
1: I want it to sound interesting in the background.
0: (laughs) She came to America in 1883 where she lived with her aunt and uncle until she was old enough to find work on her own. She quickly found work as a cook and worked in several affluent households. She was well known for her famous peach ice cream. She made the best peach ice cream on the East Coast, it was said. Her formula was simple. Just get fresh peaches ripe from the tree, carefully cut them into almost a puree, and make certain that all of the juices were collected.
1: That sounds delicious.
0: Scooping them into a bowl. Right? Sounds delicious. You know, you'll use a little fresh cream from the local dairy. You make this beautiful, like, summertime treat. Mm -hmm. So this was so well known that employers worked hard to try to steal her away. And many often succeeded. One interesting thing about Mary, though, was it seemed that she moved swiftly from household to household. In 1900, she worked for a family in Marinac, New York. And within two weeks of her starting to cook for them, the residents of the family became sick. They had fevers, sweating, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. From her peach ice cream? I don't know. Maybe they were lactose intolerant. Maybe they were
1: allergic to peaches.
0: Maybe they were vegan. There you go. Yeah. Troublesome vegans. In 1901, Mary moved on and was working in Manhattan. In this house, the family and the other employees also developed fever and diarrhea and the laundress became so ill that she actually died. Later that same year, she went on to work for a lawyer and then left suddenly after seven of the eight people within the household became ill in 1906. So now we're five years later. So five years, she's been to... Who knows how many houses? Many,
1: yeah. She's just been
0: bopping about. Okay. Mary took a job in Oyster Bay, Long Island. Oh, this you. was a pretty fancy area at yeah, the is. time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is it still fancy? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I don't even know. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, it's the Bay, Long Island. Was oh, the Bay. So um, this is where Sagamore Hill, which was the summer White House to President Theodore Roosevelt, mm-hmm. was located. Yeah. So, you can imagine that this was an area that housed the very affluent at the time. This town is on the banks of the Long Island Sound and was and is a place where people go to enjoy many, many summer activities. Mm -hmm. Within two weeks of Mary's arrival at the home in Oyster Bay, 10 of the 11 family members became ill and were hospitalized.
1: 10 out of 11. Yep.
0: That's a
1: lot. (laughs) The 11th person went to bed before dessert. (laughs) (laughs) The 11th person was grounded. Was sent to his room, to her cream. room, without a- any dinner or dessert. No dinner, no dessert. Wag of the finger. Or was a loved the person a dog, a pet? Yeah, you know, like I don't think they counted <laughs> pets as people <laughs> in
0: 1900. How dare you? So <laughs> this was very shocking at the time because this area did not have uh, cases where people became yeah, ill no, like no. this. This it is it a very,
1: very secluded right. little area.
0: And so it goes. Mary goes on to three more houses, more sick people. Everywhere she went, a trail of diarrhea, a
1: trail of diarrhea, <laughs> a trail of
0: diarrhea ran behind her throughout the New York area. That's gross. Mary took a job uh, with a prominent banker named Charles Henry Warren, and they brought her um, and they brought her along to the summer house that they rented, also in Oyster Bay, popular place. From August 27th to September 3rd, six of the eleven people in the household became ill. The illness that they all shared was called typhoid fever.
1: Whoa. And no matter where Mary went,
0: typhoid (laughs) followed her. Got it. (laughs) Everybody, there you go. Do you know who we're talking about?
1: I believe it might be typhoid Mary.
0: It is typhoid Mary. Oh, my God. At this time, typhoid fever was fatal in 10% of cases, and no antibiotics were available to treat the illness until
1: 1948. What is... uh, All right, I'm sorry. Sure, but... um. I've heard of typhoid Mary, but I actually, like, I've heard of typhoid fever. Yes. But I didn't know that that was why she was named typhoid Mary. For some reason, I don't know. I thought that they were, like, separate, like, whole no. ed- different entities. So what exactly is typhoid? So typhoid
0: is actually one of the bacteria in the salmonella family. It's salmonella typhi. Which is a bacteria that is available. um, Right. So it essentially it causes symptoms sort of like a a stomach virus, food poisoning. So
1: she... But it's bacterial.
0: It's not viral.
1: So she basically made, made everyone poop to death.
0: Yes. Yeah. So... You know, dehydration, especially in those Uh days, leads to incredible electrolyte abnormalities, which can cause death, especially when you lose a lot of your sodium and potassium, because those are the electrolytes that cause your
1: heart to pump. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Got it. Poop. There
0: we go. Uh, The next character to enter this story is a man named George Soper. He was a New York City Department of Health sanitary engineer whose specialty was studying typhoid fever epidemics. He was actually brought in by the man who had rented that house in Oyster Bay out to that fancy man, Charles Warren.
1: It's it's like, so uh, Oyster Bay is such a nice area and it's such a nice house. So like what, he was going there kind of doing an inspection? Yeah, essentially. like, oh, is there any molds? Is there any like any type of way for anyone else to get sick in this. Hole. Exactly. So he's
0: like, hey, like I wanna be able to keep renting <laughs> this house out because I'm making money with it. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna call this guy and this guy's gonna come check out the house and try to tell me where the typhoid is coming from Because you know, it's typically linked to a lack of basic
1: sanitation. Yeah, but I never so, really heard of any type of like mold being a well, cause of like it, diarrhea and stuff. So that's more not mold. Yeah, but I'm just saying in my in my head, right. I'm like, what what someone's what someone can find in a home?
0: Dirty like, pipes, a dirty mm-hmm. water source,
1: something like that. Some sort of food that everyone ate.
0: Mm-hmm. The one thing that they seemed to think that it might be was the freshwater clams that everyone had eaten. So everyone was concerned that yeah, they had gotten sure typhoid lying, from right? freshwater clams. I think there's like rivers and stuff there too, but. Anyway.
1: I mean, back in, the, back in that time, you just go out there with the basket, you lower it down, you catch everything, you lower it back. Well,
0: down. I think the Long Island Sound is brackish. Never been. Because it's like, I think that's where the Hudson River meets the ocean there, Long Island Sound. Maybe. Like the the area the of water between Long Island and Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like ocean, but I think it's brackish, mm-hmm. um, which is like half fresh, half salt. It's just a combination S- of terror, that's what it so. is. So. You may get a shark, you may not. I don't know. He was concerned that something within the house might be causing the illness. So he had everything in the house tested the pipes, the water, the shellfish that everyone had eaten and they found nothing. Sober then asked the family about any changes in their lives during the recent time before they came to the house. And only one thing came to mind their new cook, Mary. Mary had become employed by them on August 4th, about three weeks before the typhoid epidemic broke out, and who left about three weeks after people began getting sick. Mary was said to be the picture of health, tall, heavy, and about 40 years old. Sober put together that this description of a healthy female Irish cook was a common thread in a number of outbreaks. He had been unable to locate her because she tended to disappear soon after the outbreaks began and never left a forwarding address with her employers. Oh my God. Sober soon got wind of a new and active outbreak at a home on Park Avenue where he discovered that they had recently hired a new Irish cook named... Oh, my
1: God, she never washed her hands. Mary.
0: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So, in this outbreak, two servants were hospitalized, and the daughter of the family actually died. Sober had finally found his culprit. Looking into Mary's work history, he found that in the previous five years, that eight families had hired Mary, and seven of those had had members of their family come down with typhoid fever. Soper approached Mary many times in attempts to collect her blood, urine, and stool samples. Mary angrily refused, persistently, even threatening him once with a fork. In one instance, he even tried to bribe her by telling her that he was going to write a book about the case and that he would give her royalties. And even with that, like, offer of money, Mary locked herself in a bathroom until he left.
1: So and an older woman from Ireland coming over, and she's kind of being forced to give stool samples.
0: Somebody's chasing her around, trying to get urine, blood, and feces from her.
1: W- and she's would, just
0: the cook in a house. Like, she thinks that she's just. I myself in the
1: bathroom, too, until you left. A until simple woman. Until you give me a reason why. What's going on? What's happening? You know? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than podcasts on your, 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 your podcasting apparatus watching on the YouTube he's aging himself
0: so eventually with Soper's research it became apparent that Mary was tied to these outbreaks and that she was a liability to the health and wellness of the community the New York Department of Health sent a female physician to speak with her this female physician's name was Sarah Josephine Baker she was a notable American physician who had made great strides in the field of public health. She was a doctor at that time? Yeah. Yeah. Go oh, touch a baker. And she was really focused on, like, well, women being, yeah. and children's, like, health in lower-income areas. That's that's amazing. So she fought against widespread urban poverty of uh, children and newborns. Oh, she noted that newborns in 1917 faced higher mortality rates than those of frontline soldiers in World War One.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, I agree 100%. I know.
0: I don't like to think of sick babies. I, anyway. I, I know, but I, I agree with that. But by the time that Baker even got to Mary, she was already of the mind that she was being persecuted, chased, and she didn't understand what was going on, and she felt like people were just coming after her. Why are
1: you chasing me and asking for my poop? I don't trying to
0: steal my poop. Uh, she felt that she had done nothing wrong mm-hmm. and that she herself was healthy, so how could she be making people sick? A few days later, Dr. Baker arrived back at Mary's place of employment. Only this time, Dr. Baker came with police officers, and they took Mary into custody. Mary took off and evaded capture for five hours. <laughs> she just let the fuck out of there. She was she like, nope. She fucking ran. <laughs> so finally— Not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> So um, they did finally track her down by finding a piece of fabric from her dress in a doorway that had gotten stuck. So amateur. they, I know it was total amateur hour, Mary.
1: I mean, if you snag on something, keep going. You grab that evidence. You keep going.
0: Never it's leave her apron. evidence behind. After her arrest, the media went wild with salacious images of Typhoid Mary. She was even referred to as Typhoid Mary in the Journal of the American Medical Association, as well as in numerous other medical textbooks. Once in prison, she was forced to give stool and urine samples, and they offered her surgery to remove her gallbladder.
1: I'm a little worried about how, like, they forced her to do urine and, like, they just sat there and waited. I mean, eventually,
0: everybody's got to shit and piss, right? I know, I know, but I think they just captured
1: it. But I just, I feel bad if someone's just standing there waiting for her to do it. And like, just because oh, you're, you're poo-shy, do Robin, doesn't mean that anyone it's else is. It's not that I'm poo-shy. It's the fact that, like, I feel bad that, like, she's sitting there and she's like, no, no, no. And someone just went, like, you got to go sometime. Yeah, And they're waiting for her to do it. And you just take it.
0: Yeah. And then they just snatched it up and found that she was all full of typhoid. And anyway. She, oof. <laughs> oof. She's a big old mess of typhoid. So, like I said, they offered to remove her gallbladder, which she refused, mm-hmm. which I thought was super weird. And I was like... Why would they want to remove her gallbladder? That seems so bizarre to me. But, actually, it's even today. uh, A new recent study suggests that bacteria that causes typhoid fever actually collect uh, in tiny but persistent communities on gallstones, making the infection particularly hard to fight, especially in so-called carriers, who are people who have the disease but show no symptoms.
1: So, like, her gallbladder is just, like... Corroded full, of, with full of
0: stones and typhoid bacteria, just like typhoid and poor, bacteria. And she had no idea. Dancing like she, about in there.
1: It's, I mean, she was a carrier. She's, she's just walking around with this. It's like patient zero, and I have no idea that she's the cause of any of this. Yeah,
0: actually, patient zero, what she was known as actually epidemiologically was the index case because she was actually the first confirmed carrier of typhoid. A person who had it but was not ill.
1: Wow. So she
0: is the first one that they identified that had the bacteria in her. And she transferred it. Stool
1: urine. And then those people who didn't die from it transferred it. Because it's super contagious. And all those homes that she
0: worked in. Oh, Mary. So people can develop typhoid fever by ingesting food or water contaminated during handling by a human carrier. Though those carriers are well, they will shed the associated bacteria in their feces and urine. Washing their hands with soap and water before touching and preparing food and properly washing dishes and utensils can reduce that risk. No shit. Mary flat out refused to have her gallbladder removed. She did not understand what that was about.
1: I think I think that she, also has to do with religion. If she's from Ireland, then she's like, I think that it was probably... Out of her mind that someone would do something like that because I really don't think at that time surgery was a really popular thing unless it was completely necessary in terms of death.
0: Agreed. Agreed that like – I mean I'm sure that like you come to like a 40-year-old woman in 1907 and tell you tell her that you're going to take out a piece of her body. She's yeah, going to be like, like I'm going to need a little more information about sorry, that because I feel fine. I'm going to keep yeah. all my bits. But the next part – is all on her. She also stated that she did not understand the purpose of handwashing.
1: Oh, God damn it.
0: Mary. I know. Like, Jesus, Mary, come Wash on. Wash your fucking hands. Mary also told them that how could she ever be a risk to someone when she felt fine, and she declared that she would continue to cook.
1: I feel absolutely fine. How am I harming these people? I'm just taking a shit and taking a pee and, like, you know, I'm just cooking them dinner.
0: She claimed that she had never had typhoid fever and that she did not understand how she could be passing it on to others, though it is likely that she had at some point in time actually developed typhoid fever. So she probably had a mild case that only felt like a cold or a mild flu. So,
1: Could that have happened maybe in Ireland? Of and course. She like-
0: yeah. Because she did live in an incredibly poor area of Ireland,
1: that entire with spot with poor sanitation,
0: like- and yes, so it's actually likely so it's that she like had it when she was a young lived person, dormant
1: in her, yeah, and she never saw any symptoms after no her first interaction she just with carried it.
0: Carried it around and gave it to everyone that she put her poo hands on.
1: Her-
0: <laughs> just think. So I hands. want you to imagine poo
1: muffins. <laughs>
0: a summer. 1906, Long Island. Hot. It's hot. You're by the water. You have a cook and you're like, oh my goodness. You know what Mary's doing today? She's going to make her famous peach ice cream. I'm so excited for dessert. And Mary's in there. She's cutting up the peaches. She's running her fingers through them until she gets them into the nice tiny little pieces. And then she's running her hand across the cutting board to make sure she gets all that delicious peach juice. Then she goes ahead and she goes ahead and mixes that with some heavy cream. And then she freezes it.
1: You know what? None of this is killing the bacteria. Yeah. It It has to be the peach ice cream because everything else is cooked to temperature where it kills bacteria. But it has yeah. to be the peach ice cream. I, mean, I don't want peach ice cream anymore. I know you're just like
0: you're just like rubbing she just throws
1: her own feces in a in a, a so that, and so freezer, but not just
0: that. it's like, so yeah, you imagine okay, so there's feces. cool, all right. Typhoid. Now you have this typhoid bacteria, but this peach ice cream is the perfect place to feed that bacteria,
1: yeah. It's being frozen. Just
0: all that delicious sugar, because bacteria just love yeah. sugar. And then you freeze so it. So then it's just multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. It's creating
1: this like, uh, like typhoid bomb. Mm-hmm. And she feeds it to everyone, except, except that one house, that one, that one person, the ten out of eleven. Who was that one person? I want to know if he went to home, if he went to bed without. Dessert. He decided to have
0: scotch instead of peach ice cream.
1: Yeah, did he want a port? Did he want a port and cigar, and, and you know, in the reading room? You know, like who was this one guy? Oh, not today. We're
0: Almost. gonna get all down, now be about shit. <laughs> I'm,
1: not, I'm not feeling so well about the PJ ice cream today. I'm really full on the mutton.
0: <gasps> I've had too much mutton tonight. I had too much mutton. So. The problem was that under the Sections 1169 and 1170 of the Greater New York Charter actually gave the Department of Health the right to use all reasonable means to ascertain the existence and cause of disease and that they they may remove any person sick with any contagious, pestilential, or infectious disease and shall have charge of the treatment of such cases. So, at this time, they gathered old Mary up. And they took her to North Brother Island, and they held her there in isolation in Riverside Hospital. This had been a hospital for people suffering from smallpox and other quarantinable diseases. In 1909, Mary, along with the help of many concerned citizens, actually sued the Department of Health unsuccessfully for her freedom. (laughs) They attempted to treat her with many possible remedies without success.
1: I mean, what I don't kind know. of remedies? Well, can she you... wouldn't let her.
0: She wouldn't get her gallbladder removed, so they did what they could. Because they didn't want to keep having to deal so, with her.
1: All right, so she did great. not so, seem like the most pleasant of ladies. Remedies, okay. So they just like basically. T- I remember something about t- bakers' t- yeast. Well, they probably used bakers' yeast and water and made a paste and put it everywhere, probably on her hands and wrapped them in gloves with some type of tape to keep her from touching everything else. To keep her poo hands off things, exactly. anyway so um does she have a poo handler I don't does know. she have someone come in and clean up her poo for her they probably just
0: put it in the river anyway
1: <laughs> so 120
0: of 163 of her stool samples that were collected while she was there were tested positive for the typhoid bacteria <laughs>
1: jeez okay
0: Eventually, the commissioner of health decided that, well, carriers should not be held in quarantine. So, he decided that if you're not sick, you should be let go.
1: Well, no, but, because those people can control that, right? They can right. Do, do the necessary procedures yes. to keep it from out cooking.
0: So, as long as Mary agreed to stop cooking, she would be released. So, in February of 1910, Mary was was released, and she was forced to sign an affidavit that said that she would take hygienic measures— to protect those she came in contact with from her illness. She was provided with a job as a laundress, which paid significantly less than the job that she had had as a cook.
1: So she had to sign a piece of paper to say that she'll wash her hands?
0: Yes. They had to make Mary sign a paper to promise to wash her hands and to not to not cook food for people. So she worked as a laundress for a few years before changing her name to Mary Brown. You're like, oh, I mean, you know, she was known as Typhoid Mary. Like, if I had such a bad rep, maybe I'd change my name too, right? But no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our girl Mary, actually, she changed her name just so she could go back to working as a cook. (laughs) And for the next five years, wherever Mary worked, in a number of kitchens throughout the city, wherever she worked, illness followed. She evaded capture by switching jobs frequently. That bitch never washed her hands. Nope. In 1915, a major outbreak was reported at the Sloan Hospital for Women in New York City. This hospital was well known for its superior sanitation practices oh, and its low mortality no. rates. Naturally, when 25 people became infected with typhoid and two people died from it, the authorities came to see what was going on. And they heard about... The new Irish cook, and put it all together, and they went ahead and started hunting for Mary again.
1: So, so So this this was a hospital. hospital, It was was a
0: maternity hospital.
1: So it's like basically women
0: giving birth and having newborn babies. So, as we discussed before, this was like
1: newborn babies. A
0: newborn had
1: by filthy hands.
0: A newborn had a higher mortality rate in 1917 than a soldier, and then. This woman goes up in there with her dirty, dirty shit fingers and starts cooking food for the mothers and making the mothers sick. And you're just like.
1: Which eventually feed the children. And Come on, Mary.
0: uh, uh. Come on, Mary. But, of course, she was gone before the authorities got there for her. She was apprehended when she brought food to a friend in Long Island and was returned to quarantine on March 27, 1915. Still flat out refusing to have her gallbladder removed, Mary Mallon spent the rest of her life in quarantine.
1: Good. Keep that gallbladder.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what you're going to go to your grave with. So on December 25th, 1932, someone was delivering a package to her cottage on North Brother Island and knocked on the door. She didn't answer. And when they opened the door, they found her paralyzed on the floor from a severe stroke. In 1938. That's, that's, That's sad. Yeah. In 1938, she died of pneumonia at the age of 69. A postmortem inspection showed that the gallbladder that her gallbladder did indeed house a breeding ground for typhoid. Typhoid Mary's body was quickly removed and cremated, and her ashes were buried at Saint Raymond Cemetery in the Bronx. So,
1: like, what, like, what is like when they did the autopsy and everything? Was it just her gallbladder was just covered in like?
0: Just, I think they just. Oh, I think they I, I'm literally like just.
1: I'm. I'm picturing just like. So they did not do an autopsy. And, warts and like all they, this like nonsense. On okay.
0: It. They did not do an autopsy. Oh. I think what they did was probably insert a large bore needle into her gallbladder and draw fluid I mean, back yeah, and I'm tested it for her bacteria.
1: I'm just picturing her whole gallbladder just
0: like. I mean, she had gallstones. Just. But I mean, I don't know. I've got one named Gertrude, so. <laughs> who
1: knows? I'm just thinking that it's just just. A diseased filled kind of thing
0: yeah, I mean, you know, yeah I mean she had typhoid and it lives on gallstones. so yeah, but they did not do an autopsy. Many people and many conspiracy theorists believe that her body was quickly removed and cremated so that there could never be proof that she was actually wrongfully imprisoned.
1: oh no with with her cases of all the houses that she's been in and the following of that and also the fact that had she had assigned a piece of paper. That is documented, saying that she had, she can only cook and that she had to wash her hands. Yes. Also so, made me think that she was a cause for a lot of things right. that happened in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So at least three deaths were attributed to her. But who knows how many others there were, especially considering how often she, she changed names and jobs. Mary was the first asymptomatic carrier of typhoid to be identified. But there were others. There were two gentlemen of note one named Tony Labella actually caused one hundred cases of typhoid and over five deaths. Oh wow. And there was a man named Adirondack John, who was a tour guide, who caused thirty-six cases and two deaths. So these men did not spend their lives in quarantine. Was it because they agreed to cooperate? Did they understand their role in causing the illness better than Mary did?
1: Did they know or that was they even had that illness? Yes.
0: Well, do they know before? No. But they were told. Their cases are not well documented, not like in the that, same like, way Typhoid Mary well, is. Like
1: that one guy, like the that guy, right, John? Yeah. The tour guide. Mm-hmm. So he's a tour guide for mountains. So is it – He he's an outdoorsman. So he's walking around out, outside and he's, he, and he's not really making anything. He's not really touching anything other than maybe shaking hands with people. To be like, or maybe he's like
0: stirring, using his hand to stir the beans at the campfire. I mean, who knows, right? Their cases are not documented in the same way.
1: There's another person out there that does not wash his hands.
0: I'm sure. Their cases are not documented in the same way that typhoid Mary's cases, though. No, no. And, why is that? You know, when especially the gentleman Tony Labella is, is it actually men versus women. I mean, he infected twice as many people as her. So the number of people that she infected that is documented is at least 51.
1: Is it just is His is over she's 100.
0: A yeah. Is it because like, she's just a servant? Is it because mm-hmm. she's just a woman? Is right. it because she was just like had like a bad enough attitude to be like, I'm not dealing with your fucking shit? Like, you need to explain to me why, like, you're doing this to me? Was she just, did she just have a bad attitude, you know? Or is it that they explained it to them and they understood it and said, all right, cool, I'll not cook for people and I'll make sure I wash my hands. Since those cases aren't documented, it's really hard to, like, have any idea Mm -hmm. what was actually going on.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's really difficult to say how much Mary really understood of her circumstances. By all accounts, she is painted to be a tough and difficult woman. Uh, But looking back, one wonders what may have happened if the authorities had taken a little bit different approach. Maybe if they had worked with her to help her understand, or if they had gotten her a job that actually paid her the same as being a cook did. Would she have gone back to cooking? But instead, she became the butt of many jokes, cartoons, and her name was splashed upon the pages of papers at where she was declared to be unclean. And during the time that, like, she was quarantined the first time, many people were on her side. She had people who worked with her to help pursue the Department of Health to try to get her freedom. There were people who thought that, like, she was being persecuted and that it wasn't fair, that they were doing it to her because she was a woman, because she was a servant, because she was an immigrant. And they were using her as a scapegoat for this typhoid outbreak that was going on throughout the city.
1: But at the same time, she actually said, why do I have to wash my hands? Why do I have to When she She left
0: and continued to
1: cook when she signed when she signed the affidavit she left she wouldn't
0: she continued to cook she changed her name so that she could that deceit lost her all public sympathy mm-hmm. and the fact that she went to a women and children's hospital to cook like beyond any ability for people to understand and she lost all public sympathy and she died alone on north brother island
1: it's kind of it's, it's it's a weird story i mean i loved it but I, it's a weird story because you kind of feel bad for her but then you're also rooting for her at the same time and it's it's a very all i have to say is just wash your fucking hands
0: i mean come on people wash, wash, wash your, hands. your hands the story of typhoid mary just another notorious narrative have a show idea send it on over to us along with any questions comments or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.